A couple of years ago, I made a mistake I really do need to apologize for. It was in the middle of the shelter-in-place order in the middle of April, and I said something that affected a lot of people. I've lived in Ohio long enough to know you just don't say things like this. I blame it on COVID brain. We had had several warm days in a row, one warm day right after another warm day right after another warm day, and I said, I still can't believe I said it, I said, I do believe winter is over. It snowed the next day. For all of you who were done with winter in 2020 before winter was done with us, I know better and I apologize. Winter has an uncanny way of changing our plans and showing us who's boss around here. A pastor friend had canceled one Sunday after another one winter and he told his team, if it snows this Sunday, we're having church. I don't care if I'm the only one here. We are having church. I'm tired of canceling. They listened to the forecast and sure enough, just like clockwork, here came more frozen manna from heaven. It snowed in buckets on Saturday night coming into Sunday morning. So the pastor called a few of his strong strapping students and asked them to meet him at the church campus early Sunday morning. They were going to shovel snow and salt sidewalks for anybody who braved the winter weather to come to church. And while they were scooping up snow, the first car pulled into a parking space. The pastor recognized the car. A precious, silvered senior saint of God got out of his car, stepped onto the ice, opened up his walker, and started shuffling toward the sidewalk. The pastor stopped shoveling and hurried up to him and asked, Elder, what are you doing here? They were working hard all morning, but there was still slick ice and deep snow. He could fall. The little tennis balls on the bottom of the walker could get frozen or stuck. And this sweet, silvered saint of God looked at his pastor puzzled, and he asked, Isn't it Sunday? Now, we've had several warm days in a row here in Ohio, but don't worry, I'm not going to dare make the same mistake I made two years ago. But I do want to take us back 2,000 years ago to an early Sunday morning. I wasn't there, but she was. Mary Magdalene came early that Sunday morning with an armload of spices and a heartload of grief. The man she thought was Messiah just died on a Roman cross three days ago. She hung all her hopes on him being the hope of the world, and then the Romans hung him on the cross. He was publicly humiliated and crucified as afternoon entertainment for a bloodthirsty mob whose cry of Hosanna had soured to a blood-curdling cry of crucify him within the week. Once the soldiers were satisfied he was secure, they waited the hours away until they could take his body down from the cross and go home. To them, he was just another Messiah wannabe who ended up on another Roman cross. The Romans won again. They showed him who's in charge around here. But their jaws dropped when they heard the man they just beat, mocked, pierced, crucified. Pray, Father, forgive them. They'd heard a lot of prayers from a lot of criminals crucified on a lot of crosses, but they'd never heard anyone pray for God to forgive the men who just crucified him. This man was different than everyone else. (laughs) Yes, he is. And I want to share a lot more about that right after this. Good Easter Sunday morning to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry. I am your host. And you're listening to Isn't It Sunday? On Simplify. Within minutes, the Messiah on the middle cross cried, It is finished. He breathed his last. And he died. But Jesus' enemies still weren't satisfied. They hated Jesus so much. They were so paranoid. 
that Jesus' disciples would steal his body when nobody was looking, that they set a massive stone that took several grown men to roll and sealed the stone with the indomitable Roman seal that promised death to anyone who dared break it. They stationed armed guards in front of the tomb to keep Jesus in and the disciples out. It was a busy weekend. But remember, they were just showing Jesus and anyone who dared follow him who's really in charge around here. Well, that was Saturday. Early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and a few of her friends were up when the sun was up. They made their way toward the tomb to anoint Jesus' buried body with spices. They knew they couldn't stave off death. He was already dead. But maybe, maybe they could stave off death's stench just a few more days. As they were walking, they started asking themselves, wait a minute, we didn't think this through. Who's going to roll away the stone from the tomb? I want to jump into scripture to join them on the road from their house to the tomb and ask them a couple questions. <laughs> hey, ladies, what are you doing with those spices? Isn't it Sunday? I don't know what you expect to find when you get to the tomb, but I can tell you what you won't find. <laughs> you won't find Jesus. It's Sunday. He said he would rise from the grave on Sunday, remember? You'll find a rolled away stone, but you won't find him. Remember, he told you this when he was still walking beside you. He told you, they're going to crucify me. They're going to bury me. But on Sunday, I'm coming out of the grave. I don't know about you. I don't know what you expect to happen on Sunday. But on Sunday, I expect to have an experience with Almighty God. I expect to soak my soul in the presence of God. I expect to be with the people of God and hear the word of God and feel the spirit of God. I expect to see signs, miracles, wonders. I expect to see sinners forgiven and the sick healed and the addicted set free. I expected to see the broken mended and every lost soul saved. We know every day is holy to God. We worship him every day, not just Sunday, but there is something special about Sunday. Sunday, the first day of the week, that's the day Jesus rose from the grave. That's the day Jesus poured out his spirit on Pentecost. That's the day the early church gathered together, especially to worship together. Sunday is the day we have covenanted together to come together and braid our faith together. So no matter how massive your need, our God is able and willing to meet you right where you are and meet your need, no matter what it is. Mary and her friends finally made it to the tomb, and maybe they were rehearsing what they would say to the guards when they got there. Hey, would you nice fellas be so kind as to roll that big old stone out of the way for us ladies? Maybe a little southern accent would curry a little favor. But they got to the tomb. They didn't see the guards. They were gone. And they didn't see the stone in front of the tomb. It was already rolled away. They could not believe their bleary eyes. Mary walked right into the tomb wondering what was happening. What just happened? Did somebody steal his body? Did the guards move his body? Where was he? We know he was laid here three days ago. Hey, Mary... I got a question. Isn't it Sunday? She was trying to process all this when two young men in brilliant white sitting at the front of the tomb spoke up. Hey, don't be afraid. Ah, too late. That ship has sailed. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen just as he said he would. Come on, come over here. Take a look at the place where the Lord used to lay. When Mary woke up that Sunday morning rather than load up on spices, she should have grabbed a tambourine and danced through the streets like her Old Testament namesake Miriam. And Mary, when someone asks you why you're excited, just ask them, 
Isn't it Sunday? Sure, resurrection is a tall order. No one, especially one who had been beaten mercilessly, crucified publicly, speared in the side, no one has ever gone into the grave for three days and come back under their own power. Everyone else who went into the grave stayed there, but Jesus isn't like everyone else. You should have learned that the last three and a half years. He's the almighty God who came in flesh. And you know the grave tried to hold him. If the grave could have held him, the grave would have held him. If Satan had found one ounce of evil, one second Jesus had sinned, he would have held him in the grave as the greatest trophy of his greatest hunt. But while he was on trial, Jesus, for three days, under the scrutinous eye of Satan's supreme court, the devil himself, who hated Jesus with a passion and hated Jesus' passion with a passion, cast the same verdict Pilate cast. I find no fault in him. It would be easier to dig to hell's depths and soar to heaven's heights than it would be to find one fault in my Jesus. You can examine him, pick him apart, if perchance you'll find one flaw, one fault. One time he was faithless when he told you he would be faithful, and you won't find even one. You may not always understand him, but you can always trust him. The angel could see Mary's puzzled look, so the angel pointed to an empty slab with some linen cloths and a folded napkin and told her, Go ahead. Take a good long look. Take as long as you need. That's the place he used to lay. You didn't come to the wrong tomb. Nobody broke in to get him out. This isn't just a harrowing dream you'll wake up from and realize it's too good to be true. He was buried here three days ago, but hey, ladies, isn't it Sunday? He's not here anymore. He has risen just like he said he would. You need to let that word sink deep into your heart. If God ever made you a promise, he will keep his word just like he said he would. If he talked to you while you talked with him during your devotion or while you knelt at an altar or somebody preached or you heard him speak during a podcast like this one, God will keep his word just like he said he would. That Sunday should give us hope on this Sunday that our God keeps his word. And since Jesus is greater than the unrelenting grip of the grave, he's also greater than your grave sickness, even your incurable sickness. He's greater than your crumbling marriage. He's greater than your drug addiction. He's greater than your alcoholism. He's greater than your cash crisis. He's greater than your fear of terrorism or world war. He's greater than your job loss. He's greater than your past you're not proud of. He is greater. He left behind an empty tomb in Jerusalem to show us he is greater than any foe we fight. So whatever you need from Jesus, that empty tomb in Jerusalem that Sunday gives all of us hope and faith wherever we are on this Sunday. Our God always keeps his word. Now I want to pray that God would give you faith to trust him. You may not understand it, but you can trust him. He always keeps his word. Lord God, you are greater, greater than anyone, greater than anything, greater than death, greater than hell, greater than the grave, greater than our sickness, greater than all of it. I pray today you administer to everyone listening, God. I pray you would give them faith. Give every one of us faith. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. Thank you for the price you paid for us. I pray minister to everyone listening. I pray the Spirit of God would move on every one of us and you would help us to draw closer to you today. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe you. Help us to worship you without any reservation. 
knowing full well you are able and willing to keep your word and you are greater greater than anything we ever face. We love you, Jesus. You're the Almighty. We worship you today. I pray if anyone listening has never repented of their sins, I ask you to lead them to repentance and forgive them. If they've never been baptized in Jesus' name, lead them to the waters to be baptized in Jesus' name. If they've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, lead them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray whatever promise you have made them, you will keep your word. I know you will. In Jesus' name, I pray and I praise. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Almighty God. Hey, thanks so much, Simplify listeners. Be sure to click subscribe. Be sure to click share. And you'll never miss an episode. And no one else has to miss an episode. Share it with them as well. Also, pick up a couple resources, Simplify the Devotional that launched the podcast, and 10 Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments, both available on PentecostalPublishing.com. That link is right there in the show notes, also available on Amazon for Kindle, and 10 Words is available on Audible. If you would rather listen than read, you can do that with 10 Words. Thank you, loyal listeners and first-time listeners. We are getting closer and closer to 100,000 downloads. You're all a part of that. So thank you so much for listening and making Simplify a part of your devotion and discipleship and your walk with Jesus. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called Counting the Cost. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.